What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that right. They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Thank you so much for the op- opportunity to talk to you. Honestly, just the opportunity uh, to talk in general about this subject is awesome. Yeah. Have you shared much of your story? Not much, honestly. Like uh, about three months ago, I started sharing my first song, which is basically, that. which is kind of like my story. Uh, it's more of a summarization uh, because like, fuck, I would have to that fucking song would be long <laughs> and it's already long it's six minutes and i'm like right. trying to capture people with six minutes out of <laughs> but you know i'm trying to but uh but yeah that's uh that's what i'm trying to convey in that is like that story that um what i went through and that happened you know only only about like three months ago, I started like just putting uh, some poetry over like some beats that I was creating because okay. I was just like I was overthinking a lot. You know, I guess a lot. Of, you know, a lot of people can like relate to that. It's just overthinking a lot and not knowing what to do with that. And uh, I kind of didn't know really what to do with this. I was like I was kind of drinking because I was going through some things, um, and I really didn't like that. I wanted to stop and slow down on that and one of those things was like just kind of like getting into creating beats okay and uh i just kind of got into that and it just felt good it just felt good to like get into this thing it didn't have any lyrics didn't have anything but you know i was like what do i need to say what do i need to talk about and it it literally was dcyf it just flowed just flowed right out (laughs) it it kind of did, but the the thing about it is I had to delve into it. Right. And I was so passionate about the project itself that I wanted to dive into it every single day. So it, it made me go back into all of the things that happened to me as a kid when I was in DCYF. That could put you in that could put you in a dark place too. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly so you know so you know yeah i don't know if you watch my my episode on my life story um but i kind of had to go in into that dark place to just talk about some of the things that happened let alone you know thinking about all the other stuff that did happen that i didn't talk about so i couldn't imagine spending every single day for how long did you say three three six months on that song uh Oh, uh, well, I, I probably created the song in like in two months or so, but that's a lot, um, of, that's a lot of time of d- diving but, into your feelings, <laughs> but you're, you're right. You're right. It is a lot of time. Exactly. And honestly, um, every time I sing it, which I do it live, um, it, it, 
it reminds me of it. But the reason why I wanted to create that piece was to throw a little sarcasm in there, throw a little bit of like, you know what, even though I went through that, it's all good because that helped me to get to where I am today. Right. And through that, there's so much resilience. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I find uh, hope and in, in, inspiration in, some, in like something like that. I mean, like you, you took, you took your cool, pet. What's that? I said, cool. that's cool, Drew. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. I just think it's cool that you, you used it and you've turned it into something positive, positive because a lot of people oftentimes take their, their issues and then they, you know, they get hooked on drugs or drinking, like you said, and, and you, you realize that you didn't want to go down that path. So that's pretty cool that you were able to, you know, identify that and then channel that into a, a positive way and, and to help yeah. others, you know, other people, yeah. other people are going to listen to that. I seen that you had like a thousand views on it. So, you know, that a thousand people listen to that. <laughs> I, I know, I know, which is, which is so awesome, which is so awesome. But, um, with the thing with people and the people's brains is like, they have to like, they gotta be fucking slamming <laughs> yep. something into someone's head in order for them to actually listen to it sometimes. Right. But, uh, but that's all good. That's all good. That's what I'm prepared to do. I'm prepared to talk to people about this. I'm prepared to like, 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 here we are. We're just talking about this. This is right. awesome. Um, and just talking about the experience in itself and how not the idea of how depressing and how dark and deep it can be at times, but how you took that and and made a flip on it right. and you and you you learned something. You there's innocent kids that haven't learned the shit that you've learned. Right. They don't know the they, they don't know the shit we know. You know what? And we'll make a flip on that. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I view it. You know, you, you have to gain strength out of what seems to be life's failure sometimes. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what the, this whole platform that I have is all about. And I love that. <laughs> I, I was, I was checking out your stuff and I was like, yes, there's a such the, the positivity here though. It's, it's awesome. Like just wanting to build on that. Right. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so what's, what's the feedback been about, you know, on your song? Like you said, you sing it live. What, what's that like? How do other people respond to it? Well, it's, it was surprising at first because the first time I really performed it live was, uh, during an open mic night and there was just kind of like an older crowd there. Okay. So, you know, like as a, as coming from like a rap point of view, uh, like an rap artist uh, with an <laughs> older crowd, baby boomer. I, I didn't know how it was gonna, <laughs> how it was gonna really uh, mesh with them. Right. Um, but once they really heard the message of what I was saying and how passionately I was delivering it to them, they kind of understood where I was coming from and they were like, damn. And, by the end of it, they were actually banging their bongos to it, and they, <laughs> they were they were going with me. I was like, "Holy shit, are you more into this than I am?" <laughs> That's cool. That's real cool. Yeah. I'm gonna turn off this fan because I'm even chilly. <laughs>
So you you currently live in Rhode Island, right? Yes, sir. How's it there? What's what's it like there? Um, I've never been there, and I it's well, I grew up in Woonsocket, basically, and uh, with like with my mom, and uh, and I was in and out of a, a group home. I know very specifically there, um, because it was just kind of morbid. Woonsocket has like that old industrial okay. feel. Um, what's, what's Rhode, what's Rhode Island known for? Like beaches, probably. Beach, beaches, <laughs> it's, oceans. <laughs> it's oceans, right? <laughs> it is like, uh, it's, it has Newport and Middletown and those are like, it's far out there. So it's like, which is not really that far out there because, uh, Rhode Island is really only like an hour and 15 minute span. Right. From one point to the other. That's how small, <laughs> but so many people live here. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Um, so it is packed here. It is, it is crazy. Um, but you know, growing up in Woonsocket, that had like kind of like a, that industrial feel, but there's like in Rhode Island, there's like everything there's like, you know, you can go to Providence, which has its downtown, you know, um, then Newport, which has mansions and beautiful beaches and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's a huge mesh of cultures and I definitely love Rhode Island for that. Definitely love Rhode Island for that, which I'm sure, you know, you love where you are because no. of those things too. <laughs> oh, I, no. I hate where I am. It's cold. <laughs> There's a lot of snow. <laughs> no, no. That's Straight up real. Uh, it's not, yeah. I'm not. It is cold right now. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm, I'm originally from uh, Lake Worth, Florida. So it's warm. It's warm there. Um, it's, it's, essentially it's uh west palm beach so it's like south florida um so going from there to michigan is quite the extreme that is quite the extreme yeah i i haven't been to florida like so i don't really know too but i like went there once for disney world but like uh yeah i ended up taking uh my daughters there oh okay Um, how many kids do you have i have two children okay yeah um yeah one's 10 and one's six and uh they're literally just I, they've helped me grow as a person that's that's how incredible little people are oh they they change you <laughs> yeah, they really do they really do it's it's amazing because you see how you influence them as they're growing because you see some of the tendencies so you yeah. you grow from that. you're like oh my gosh that's what i'm doing too wow uh <laughs> But not only that, but like you're learning from them and their tendencies and some of the things that they're doing, some of the good things that they're doing, you yeah. know, some of the bad things, you know, but it's a, it's, it's truly amazing. It, it is being yeah. a parent. I love that. It is. It's truly amazing. Um, so, all right. So you have two kids, 10 and six, two daughters, right? And yes, sir. you work in carpentry? Yes. Yes. I currently work in carpentry. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your main thing that you work on? Like, what do you, what do you do? My main thing is music. I, now I just, I just focus on music. I, um, after, after work, that's basically what I do. If I'm not spending time with my children, then I'm basically spending time on my main music and, um, 
trying to work on new songs. I'm trying to push out a song every single month this year. Oh, wow. Because uh, I just started, uh, I just put out DCYF in December. So I really tried creating a strategy for myself this year. So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, so that's why I just put out the signs. And then at the beginning of March, I'm putting out Taking to the Streets. Oh, cool. uh, what's that? What's but, that about? Uh, taking to the Streets is basically the reason why I'm taking my music to the streets. It's oh, like, okay. you know, I, all these feelings that are within me, I need to express them. I need to talk about some of the things that are going on. I need to... Uh, you know, enlighten some people too, because, you know, some of the media, some of the shit that, you know, we listen to now on the radio, some of the, some of the poo-poo music we have is, ooh, <laughs> oh my God, we need better messages, what is, is what I mean. <laughs> right. By that. right. I mean? Uh, so that's, that's kind of how I feel. So that's, that's my whole initiative is taken to the streets, you know, and the, and the song that I just put out, which is The Signs, the signs is, is about, you know, listening to those those signs that are kind of within you. Like there's everyday signs that like you kind of ignore sometimes because you're way too busy. Like, but, you you know, something's pulling towards you, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it, for me. It was sitting down and just like being with myself and uh, giving myself the time to like dive into my own poetry. And that's what that was. Um, but. So I felt like I had to just create that song. And that song is like a hype song. So I, right. I love that song for that reason, because <laughs> it just kind of gets you hyped. But uh, but yeah, so that's sort of like sort of my strategy is like is doing sort of those things is just is is working hard this year. That's that's what I'm trying to do. So you're you're doing it essentially for yourself, like self gratification. You're not you're not putting it out there. You're not trying to get rich off of it. I mean, I'm no. sure you hope one day that you will be. Um, I think but, I, I really feel like success will happen because yeah. anyone who really believes in, in themselves and really follows what they want to do and really is kind of is good at it. Mm -hmm. People people see that. They're like, oh, shoot, this dude's been doing it for a he's believed, he I believe in this. This right. is this is some good stuff. Yeah. Success so, is pretty relative. Success is pretty relative. You know, exactly. You know, so. as long as I'm moving people, that's what I want to do. Right. I want to move people. I, you know, I don't have to be like uber rich, but I do want to be successful and, yeah. you know, and make some good money. Definitely. Yeah. As long as you're passionate about it, which you seem to of be. Course. So. Well, you know, the thing was like I sat down and one of the biggest things about me is like, is this point right here is like I sat down in my car and this is after like the drinking stuff. I was like, I slowed down on the drinking a little bit because I knew that I was getting sloppy and stuff. So I just needed to like slow down on that and just focus on the beats. And then that's when I started creating the lyrics. And then from there, it all developed just because I didn't put the pressure on myself of saying I need to do this because I want to be rich. Right. I need to do this because I want everyone to hear this. I need to do this because I need to feel this. You, I need you're to, doing it. You're doing it for a purpose. Exactly. I'm doing it for, for, for myself. And right. you know what? There's those times where you have to be doing things for yourself because if you're not doing things for yourself, then you can't be doing things for other people because you're not helping yourself. You're not, you're not loving yourself too. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Um, so 
kind of talk about your drinking a little bit and why why you were drinking so much was it because of your past um yeah yeah definitely um uh i had gotten divorced uh from my wife shortly before that like a year to two years um and we have our children and you know we were always we've always been uh very close uh and we were together for about 13 years Yes. So it was, it was a long time. We've been together since uh, high school. So, so it's been a long time. We will, we built up a huge relationship and we're still friends today. Um, but it was something that was hard for me for when the time I was going through it. Now I can look back and, you know, just appreciate her as a person. Um, and and definitely grow from my own mistakes for sure right um because you know we all make mistakes definitely um but that was when i hit a really really big low because i had never lived without my children and i was i'm the like i'm the type of dad that Right after I was done, you know, doing my carpentry, I would head right back to the house, um, get a few things ready, go pick up the kids, uh, take them from where they needed to be, bring them home, play with them. And then we'd go inside, we'd we'd make some food together, we'd cook something up on the stove, they'd be cooking with me, they'd be throwing in garlic and spices and stuff like that, because I used to be a cook and a chef, so I I know how to cook. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, they'd be doing those things with me. It's like, I love those things. And so for me to have lost that at the same time, because of the separation of, of my ex-wife and myself, it was, uh, it was definitely hard for me for sure. Did it kind of take a toll on, on you mentally thinking maybe, did you think that, you know, I was, I was failed and maybe I'm kind of repeating some of the things that happened to me when I was, you know, when I was a kid or. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I know that's like one of my biggest fears as a, as a dad as well. I'm afraid of kind of, you know, repeating history, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I say that I've definitely grown, um, because I, I see from being, under all that pressure uh, of being certain things that, you know, in this relationship, you know, I wasn't. And, um, but even bigger than that, I think we both just needed to grow. Yeah. Yeah, I think your childhood has a huge, has a huge effect on your subconscious. And it kind of just comes out. I think when you're feeling very vulnerable and you're feeling very hurt, um, and you're not feeling heard. Um, so those things come out strong, uh, and, uh, they're kind of like your defense mechanisms, but they don't really work. They're not really defense mechanisms. Right. Um, so, yeah, and then, of course, you know, you have to apologize for those things afterwards. And then, you know, after you've apologized, you know, 20,000 times, you know, there's a certain amount of shame that builds up. 
you know what I mean? Um, and so you have to, I had to come to a point where I had to come to an understanding with myself through a little bit of therapy and through like meditation and uh, just like I said, getting to know myself a little bit more like that I put way too much on myself um, at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, of course there were things that I could have done better, obviously Mm -hmm. in an alternate universe. I would (laughs) have, you know what I mean? Right. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, with that being said, um, would you, would you mind talking a little bit about your childhood? And you said you were born and raised, kind of raised, um, in Rhode Island, right? Yes. Yes. I I was born and raised in Rhode Island, basically, you know, uh, in, in a few foster homes when I was like between one and two and then with my aunt, uh, you know, and some relatives and then back with my mom group homes, but like very small placement with my, with my mom because, uh, she, had uh just a severe drug addiction you know and regardless of if she loved us or not she had this severe drug addiction right Uh, so she needed to get what she needed to get and was she getting help for it or uh it seemed that way at the time as a kid you know and when she would tell me those things you know of course as a child i would i definitely believe her and i would want to believe her right i you know come to find out you know years later and stuff like that you know she's just you know she just lies you know that that, so that way she can just get what she needs to and you know so you don't have to feel bad you know she'll just feel bad and then but that only builds more shame in her and then just feels more of the cycle that happens right um which i totally understand um but you know doesn't excuse things that that she did and but but yeah, so that's kind of the reason why I was in and out of her, you know, her custody. Okay. And you, you were in and out of um, group homes from the age, what ages again? Uh, you know, from very little, you know, for since I was one, so, you know, so okay. my mom, my mom always, always had a drug addiction. Uh, so I was always in and out. Um, so since, you know, I was like one years old, like DCY was, was already there at the hospital because they wow. knew my my mom was uh, had cocaine in her system, uh, and also crack. You know, so it's like she was already. Uh, they already had her eye, their eye on her. Um, and you aged out, right? I in aged the- out. I aged out only because I went to go live with my uncle after living with, which was interesting. With like the the best foster home that I that I've been in was when I was 17. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 17 is, of course, towards the end, right? Uh, it's what it feels like. Um, but then me being a teenager, uh, my my uncle was only 10 years older than me, and I was very close to him. He wanted me to go live with him in Arizona. Oh, wow. So I ended up going and going to do that. Wow. And uh, so... I didn't have these foster these foster parents anymore, really, to to help me out. I had, you know, a twenty nine year old or a twenty eight year old uh, uncle, who was, <laughs> which is, you know, that's I, cool. <laughs> hindsight, 
<laughs> God damn, no, but it's just, I'm just joking because the whole point is, you know, is where we led up to now, right? Exactly. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I ended up uh, leaving DCYF because I was, I aged out. And, you know, that was the point where my uncle was like, hey, uh, you know, half the rent is due. Oh. I'm like, oh, shit. Huh? You, you just became a man. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is your rite of passage. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so um, my aging out and so all my benefits, you know, got lost from there, which I, that was part of the hindsight, you know, I wish right. I could have used more of those benefits because a lot of those, a lot of uh, children that are still in DCYF, uh, do have some benefits up until like maybe 24 or something like that. Yeah. They, I think is, they get like a couple of years free college, right? Which is fantastic. That's excellent. Yeah. Like, because they do need that. They do need that. More children need that. I agree. So, yeah. And it's, so. it's different for every state as well. Like Michigan, I think you get uh, a couple of years free college. Um, I've, I've read on, on that, uh, that Facebook site, that other states, they don't have anything. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy yeah. how different it is everywhere. Well, yeah, because you have so many. You have well, you have two different ideals. That's right. how political we are as a country. Yeah. Two, two polar opposites. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they're diagnosing everyone here in America with bipolar. <laughs> I wonder why. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you mind talking a little bit about what it was like living like in in a group home? I've never. I've never been in a group home. I've been in foster care, but I don't know what, I mean, uh, I've seen like, like movies of like what a group home is like, but I'll tell you being in the one socket, uh, group home, uh, was probably the hardest group homes that I've been in. Um, and the Providence group homes only because, uh, you had to ask to go into each and every room. Wow. And, if you, you had to ask things and you kind of felt like demeaned at the same time, like these should be rights of any average child or kid. <laughs> right. But we're treated like we're all about to go off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not about to go off. I mean, you're about to make me go. No, it's because of these restrictions. Right. You know, uh, no, but uh, like, for instance, you know, I put, I put my leg up, uh, you know, like crossing your leg while you're sitting down at a chair. Right. That kind of disrespect. Really? Why? I don't understand why, but they would be offended. I'm not Hmm. sure if it was a staff bias or if it was some sort of policy, but those are the sort of things that kind of happened, you know, sort of mistreatment just because. Like they just nitpicked something and. It's the group home kid. It's just like. Huh. Yeah, like, stupid, stupid little things like that. Why, why would an adult care about something like that? A teenager, <laughs> like that, really? Only, only adults are able to do that. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> you have not earned that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, it was like that. Um, going into the kitchen, you had to ask for, for drink. Um, you can't just go into the fridge. You know, you, you have to ask wow. for certain things. Um, um, 
which I totally understand to a certain extent because you don't want kids just going aimlessly into the fridge and stuff like that. So I totally get that. But, you know, there needs there needed to be some sort of like moderation to that. Right. To where kids don't feel like they are so separate. They're already feeling separate. They're already feeling taken away from what they know, even if their mom or dad was a drug addict. Yeah. That's what they knew every day. Right. So that was still their comfort, regardless of if their parents were doing crack in the other room. Right. So now they're here in a group home. You know, I'm here in a group home. And, uh, you know, you're just feeling like that. And then, you know, then you then you put in time out for, for stupid ass shit. Just have, you know, having like an attitude, you could be put in time out. And, you know, I think there should have been a little bit more understanding uh, than just throwing kids in time out repetitively, just repetitively. Just I, like there needed to be a little bit more understanding. Right. I, because these kids are going through a lot. Yeah. I think that's what la- that's lacking in foster care a lot. I mean, it was the same with me um, and the same with a bunch of other people I've talked to that have been in the system is that there's not there's not love and there's not room for error. It seems like for, you know, like a kid to misbehave or um to no. <laughs> to, to <laughs> no. even just to kind of learn learn things it's like no you're not going to do this you're not going to do that instead of you know coming to them with love and embracing them because they they don't mm-hmm. seem to understand you know that some of the things that these kids have gone through oh yeah i'll tell you too and you know one of the things you learn too is that if you if you have a little if you have an episode if you flip out if you are pissed off because you feel mistreated or something like that. And you don't know how to control your emotions because you're a teenager or an adolescent. <laughs> no, you're going to get restrained. <laughs> you're about to get your ass restrained. You learn that. I, so, fe- I feel like you've had that done once or twice. A few times now. <laughs> um, yes. But that's, you know, exactly. It comes from experience. You know, you feel passionate about something. You feel mistreated. Uh, that staff is going to take you down. And it doesn't matter if they're 250 pounds, they're going to wow. take you down. What, uh, what would they do? Well, well, they, you know, they don't, they didn't abuse me, but okay. you know, they, they, they made sure I was on my stomach and my hands were behind, behind my back and <laughs> they had me down. You know, it was like, I'm down. Wow. All right. I'm not doing shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and which, you know, only made me more pissed off at, at the time because it's like, I'm already pissed off. Now you just, fucking <laughs> <laughs> me to the ground just wait till next time <laughs> oh shit yeah wait uh, 15 years i'm coming back to you. No. no i definitely i'm just kidding i definitely have uh respect for some of the staff and that's actually uh you know more towards the other towards the other end of the group homes that i was going to because when i was in this one socket group home I kept on hearing about uh, Middletown uh, group homes, um, and that was when I was talking to you earlier about Middletown and Newport next to the ocean. Okay. Just nicer things over there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a nicer area. You know, more white people, wink, wink. You know <laughs> right. Uh, just kidding. But seriously, um, it's just a different demographic over there. And right. so um, when you went over to uh, Newport and Middletown group homes, they were quite different. 
you know, they had building systems where you could build on, um, you could build on uh, uh, trust. Like, you know, you did certain things and you just build on trust and, and then you could do more things from there and then you build on more trust. And um, so that was something definitely new to me, like, because uh, it was really freeing for me because as a kid growing up with my mom, my mom didn't give a fuck what I was doing, where I was really. I mean, she loved me, but she wasn't taking care of me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I had to take care of my little brother and myself. Um, but <clears throat> in this group home, it was, it was, it was quite different. We just, we had, we had different systems. So it, it just felt a lot different. And I, I felt like how, how could you have, um, how could you have such a stark difference? Like, you know, kids, kids over here are going to grow up differently. They're, mm-hmm. you know, just from the, the treatment that they're feeling. And over here, like, yeah, I had to do criminal background investigation checks from my, for my friends, which was totally awkward. <laughs> like, what? Hey, oh, oh, you want me to come over to your house? Oh, yeah. You don't mind if I do just a criminal background investigation check on your family? You don't mind that, right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, but yeah, I some some were chill enough to be like, yeah, heck yeah, like my 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 parents are fine, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so I I had that sort of freedom because, that you know, like I was saying, when I was with with my mom and I had my little brother with me, I had that freedom, uh, to be able to go places and do things. So it was kind of freeing. It was it was better. Right. Uh, so I love to see more group homes doing more building on trust, and you know, working towards other things, which I don't think that this group home was good at, but, and that's why I feel like, you know, there, there needs to be better models for group homes. Right. There just needs to be better group models in general, because I think that maybe this group home is doing good things while doing some bad things. Right. While another group home might be doing some of the other good things, but doing, you know, so they can all learn from each other. Maybe. Right. They're, systems like this that and it'll create more opportunities for kids and and honestly just make better human beings because i mean you're 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 lucky like you're you're a diamond in the in the roughage because you are able to kind of get your life on the right track and make something of yourself whereas a lot of kids who go through systems like that you know who knows where they could end up they could end up doing drugs just like their parents or being alcoholics or going to jail or prison you know, yeah. history repeats yeah. itself. And, you know, it, I, I think bad leadership essentially is what it is. It's, you know, these, it's just terrible leadership. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, well, I mean, it, it could start from the top down, honestly, as far as our culture goes, uh, the way that businesses run in America to just the people at the top, even even lower, but just the people at the top uh, that are managing things. Right. You know, we need people that are passionate about the things that they're managing. Right. You know, if you have somebody that's not passionate about the FDA, 
hmm. not passionate about quality food going to all people. <laughs> right. You're not going to have an FDA that really cares that much. Right. Yeah, you'll have yeah. people dying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I mean, there are obviously so many examples of this which exist right. all in America, and I think that's you know it's it's definitely part of a cultural change. I think we need we need to be more aware of the things that we're doing. Right. Yeah, you know, for sure. So how many how many kids would there roughly be in a group home with you at a time? Uh, so the Wonsaka group home was eight to twelve kids could oh. be uh, in eight to twelve kids could be at the group home, um, but over towards the uh, Newport and Middletown one, uh, that could be four to six. It would be less. It would okay. be a little bit, you know, it's it's a little bit less because it's just more of like they kind of structured it like like a little household. Okay. <laughs> so so well, you would have. Yes, I am. Yep. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so you would have like um, like. Would you have like like a like a foster mom or dad? What what was it like there? Would you have like some sort of upper management running the place? What, what? you say? <laughs> I love that. Like, what, like a little simulation of a mom and a dad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that's too cute. No, but uh, they they had uh, just some staff that would come in. So there would be staff okay. that would be there for like two and a half to three days and then another staff would be there for a consecutive three days Um, and so they would do shifts like that so you would definitely become very familiar with the staff because they were there for such a for such a time like so you you know for me when i did did leave the group home um i did look up to those people for support afterwards so, you, but you uh, probably never really had like the the mom or dad like uh, like type relationship with with no. anybody. No, exactly. I I didn't have a, really a dad. I didn't know my dad. Uh, I just met my dad about two years ago. But oh, wow, how'd you meet? How'd you meet him? I I met him from my ex wife. My ex wife was uh, just she's a very good friend of mine. So, uh, you know, we know each other very well. Um, but she was very curious, uh, and this was towards the, like the middle of our relationship. She was really curious to who this dude was and she knew who his name was and everything. And she just kind of looked him up and reached out to him and he seemed cool. And, (laughs) and, uh, I took it slow from there. It was like, it was this awkward thing. Like I can't just like start loving someone that I don't know. I can't like uh, my dad, like the fuck (laughs) is this dude? I get like, that. Oh, you're my dad. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it, it's something that had to be has to be built on, and but that's that's something else, you know. But yeah, yeah I just didn't I didn't have those those people in my life is is like what you were saying, yeah. So uh, I definitely looked up to those people as like adult role models. Like I always felt like when I was when I was in the group homes, I always like sat with the staff and the dog the, i like just because kids like were always really immature and shit like that right? <laughs> yeah, i was really always, i was always way more mature than most kids my age too and i think it was probably due to a lot of the stuff i had gone through 
Um, so I'm assuming yeah. it's probably the same for you because you you said you were <laughs> yes, responsible. We <laughs> you said you're responsible for uh, your younger brother, so that kind of put like a sense of responsibility on your shoulders. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure, definitely. Um, I had a huge sense of responsibility on my shoulders uh, because I had had to feed him. Like when I went out with my friends to, to walk around the city. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, at nine, 10, 11, whatever. Wow. So, um, I would be taking my younger brother and he, he's seven years younger than me. Wow. Insane. <laughs> and you were not nine, nine, 10, 11. Yes, exactly. Wow. So that means he's three years old, four years old. And yeah. I can't even imagine my children doing that. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. That's so wild. Oh my god, that's like out of this realm. That's like that is crazy. That. <laughs> that is I crazy. Like, <laughs> that is crazy. So just to think, my mom was like on drugs, doing things like that, and we were doing that. Like, what the hell is going on? You that... know, and well, obviously, I'm not the only kid that that's happening to right now. Obviously, right. Uh, so many kids are going through those things. Yeah. So it's fucking, it's, it's hard. They yeah. need the support. Yeah. Unf- and why, when they do get put in the placement of being in a four storm or a group home, they need the fucking right care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why like people sharing their stories like you are important, you know, so kids, you know, that are in the system who feel like that there's not hope or feel like that they're the only ones going through what they're going through they hear something like your story, you know, then they can, they'll know, like, I'll be okay. I can make it. He made it. I can make it. Definitely. I, I want, I want people to know that I want, like, that's what, that's what my music's all about is like, and that's what my message mainly is all about. Um, and I'm only, I feel like I'm, I'm doing this a lot because there's just like, there's not too many good messages out there. There's not. Like, there's, there's not like mainstream too, like like poppy stuff. Like, do yeah. I have do I have to do shit like that? <laughs> because because I want to spread a good message. You know? <laughs> like, okay, sure, I'll create a good beat that's poppy too, right? And do stuff like that too, because I don't mind. I don't mind getting into that realm because I'll do any music. I'll do any music if if I can just spread a message across that will help someone in the process right you know and each one of my songs is going to be a different message it's going to but you know they all probably a a meshing of of things that you've gone through yeah Yeah. exactly exactly so yeah i mean like dcyf that that's basically bam that's about the that's about the group homes that's about leaving my mom that's about leaving all that i know pick up and dropping and go you know Hmm. um and then the, the signs is like going through, you know, people telling you what you need to be uh, when you have all these feelings inside of you, what you feel like you should be doing and stuff like that. And so, yeah, definitely things that I, you know, you know, I'm going through definitely things. That's cool. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed hearing your story, man. And, uh, I love I, that thing. I love your cat just popped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sorry about that, my my cat. No, 
That's they, amazing. They think they that, rule the place. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had an animal just pop up. Just like, What's up? <laughs> no, that's awesome. I honestly, I've had such a good time just talking with you about about what I've gone through um, and kind of just like spreading a, a, a message here, spreading a message because I think like I love your message of what you're doing. And that's why I was like, I got to hop on this shit. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I don't remember if I reached out to you or you reached out to me. Uh, I saw your post, I think. I think I saw your post and I was like, wow, I, I really like that. I don't know if you saw uh, my post about DCYF. I'm not sure, but I think I just, I might have shared DCYF with you or something like yeah, that. I'm you, not really sure. You did. You sent you sent it to me and I, I checked it out. Um, but well, yeah. Thank you very, very much for, uh, for taking the time to do that. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh yeah, no problem, man. Um, I wanted to see what you're all about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so appreciate that. I'm going to uh, share share it on, on all my platforms, on you know Facebook, all social media platforms. So you're the man, dude. I really. I'll, uh, I'll even awesome. put a put a link across the screen so people can go and see when they watch this. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, I super appreciate that. Yeah, so no very much. I, I I enjoy the message that you're putting out, and it's it's a positive one. I mean, how could I not share it? So. <laughs> dude i'm just i'm honestly just happy you're feeling the vibe i'm honestly just happy that you are on the same wavelength as me that people yeah. like you are doing shit like this so we can right we have to we talk about uh, talk about these things right we know? have we have to i mean we we both made it out fine we're fine <laughs> Hell yeah. we're not on drugs we're not drunks <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, we, we have a, I feel like an obligation to help other people. At least I do. I feel like I have an obligation to share my story and I feel you, help I feel you. you know, at first for me, what it was, was helping myself, right. uh, come to understanding more of myself. And then through that, I was like, oh shoot, I have something here. I need to spread a little bit of a, a message here. I do need to just talk about these things because it's the big things to talk about, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, I mean, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. It's heavy right. stuff, exactly. But. It's heavy. <laughs> but thank you so much, dude. Thank yeah, you so much. You're welcome. Uh, for even reaching out to me, talking to me, and giving me your time right now. Yeah, no problem, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, if I'm ever in Rhode Island, I'll hit you up. <laughs> yes, please, dude. That would I be will. awesome to chill. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, right. I'm going to uh, send you a message after this and because I want to send you some stuff. So. Okay, awesome. Perfect. All right, man. Well, you have, have a, a good you night. Have you have to have a good night too, bro. All right, thanks for coming on. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye, bro.